You are now listening to The Bannerman, an L.A. Kings podcast. The march to 100 episodes for The Bannerman begins today with number 76. And we got some games to talk about, some L.A. Kings games, some actual results. And we're excited. How are you tonight, Vardy? Hey, man, I'm good. I'm very, very excited to talk hockey. It's It's been a while. Even though we have been talking hockey, we haven't been talking actual hockey. But now... We finally got a taste after all the counts. Yeah. After all the kind of predictions of where this team will be after all the guesses, we still have a lot of guesswork to tell you the truth, but we did get a taste of what the LA Kings are working with and it's a mixed bag. So so, uh, (laughs) not too surprising, but I think overall, if I had to put a bow on it, more positive than negative. Uh, I think that's fair. If, if for no other reason than that first game was so overwhelmingly positive that it kind of carries over a little bit, you know. Um, but definitely, definitely some some things that are worrisome as well. Sure. Despite despite the uh, initial outlook so far. Yeah. So let's talk about the games. Kings open at home against Vegas. A tough task right out of the gate. And apparently a game that Vegas did not bother showing up for because that is one of the worst performances I have seen the Golden Knights put together. And their advanced stats back that up completely. I think it was their worst possession game under Peter DeBoer. Like, it was a train wreck for them. And, yes, you know, the Kings did almost everything right as well. So you got to give the Kings credit too. But, man, the Kings were on fire. They took everything Vegas gave them. And on this particular night, Vegas gave them a lot. Uh, the final score was uh, six to two, but it could have easily been ten to two, and I'm not even exaggerating. The number of looks the Kings had in that game, high danger scoring chances. I think you're the one who tweeted that, you know, it's not going to be like this every night. So enjoy it while it happens. Absolutely correct, because yeah, no, the Kings aren't going to be that perfect every night, and certainly their opponent isn't going to be that terrible on a nightly basis. Yeah, especially when that opponent is Vegas. I mean, we've we've seen enough of them now to know what they are truly made of night in and night out. And um, you could blame a couple things. I think they were that Vegas was coming off a back-to-back. I think they had played Anaheim the night before. Um, about halfway through the game, they lost Stone and Pacioretty yes. to injuries. But I think at that point, the game had, had you know, was well beyond their reach. They just, it was one of those nights and the Kings have plenty of them certainly where they just look like they, they did not have it. And, uh, the Kings did a great job capitalizing in multiple different ways. A uh, couple power play goals, obviously Andre Kopitar, the big, big, uh, story of the night with a hat trick to start the season off. Um, but some other, you know, despite that, <laughs> I, I don't think we would be us if we couldn't find some worrisome things around there as well. I think when you look at the goals and the stats, ultimately at the end, it's still the usual suspects, right? It's still Kopi with the hat trick, Dowdy, um, Brown, at th- Brown had the first one, great play on his, on his part, by the way, on that first goal, kind of recovering after the rebound and putting it in. Um, but it's disappointing to me that even in a setting like that, where it seems like the chances are plentiful and pucks are going in at will, 
that it ends up being still kind of a one line, one line team situation. You know what I mean? Like, I felt like that's the, that's the type of game that I want to see. I want to see it piled on. I want to see the Trevor Moores and the, and the Gabe Velardis and the Adrian Kempe's of the world really contributing. Although to be fair to Kempe, he gave one of the best, like, last minute two-on-one passes to Kopi I, I think I've ever seen. I think the entire, everyone in that stadium was completely fooled except for Kopi. Yeah. Um, I guess we wouldn't be us. <laughs> but, but I will say that, you know, we, especially you and I talked a lot about Philip Deneau and whether we agreed with that contract or not and whether he really would be, you know, taking some pressure off Kopitar so that Kopitar can open up offensively. Kopi's had a good week. First first star in the NHL. Uh, what does he have, five goals? I don't know. He has like seven uh, points in a week in two games. Yeah. It was pretty good. It was yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. Um, so in that respect, Kopi seems to be having some free-flowing fun. But at, And that line, the Dano line, there, you know, the Kempe, Dano, Ayafalo line seems to be on the positive end of the possession metrics for the for both games, regardless of the outcome. So that's good. Mm-hmm. But I do understand what you mean. You want to see like every line scored a point. You want to see more than Drew Doughty, Andre Kopitar with a big chunk of the points. But the generation of the offense is what I was really looking at. It wasn't just them generating. It was just them finishing. Mm-hmm. But I think a ton of people had looks. I think as long as they're getting the looks, as long as they're getting the chances, like I, I'm cool, I'm good, and I think there were a ton of chances. Kaliev could have scored. I think um, Kempe could have scored a couple easily. Mm-hmm. I think he rang one off the post, off a play from Kachev on one of the plays. Beno gets one obviously off a deflection. Um, so the chances are there. What I'm saying is about to get deflated going into the Minnesota game. I think a little <laughs> bit. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's my thing. Get the chances, and the rest will kind of take care of itself. These guys are NHL players, so uh, as long as they're generating, I'm cool. You know, easiest looking win for the Kings against the Golden Knights probably you'll ever see. Yeah. Uh, Cal Peterson was solid. He didn't have, I think, too much work. He had a couple of nice saves, but overall, the ice seemed to be tilted heavily to the other end. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that, and and, and you're right. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm nitpicking. A 6-2 loss here, you know what I mean? But if I had to... 6-2 win, my friend. 6-2 win, sorry. Um, <laughs> see, I can't even bring myself <laughs> to accept it. I can't I can't do it. Um, no, it's, it's you know, it's it's about analyzing a game. Like, you could sit there and you can, you could just look at the number and go, that was great, that was fantastic. But um, I'm just trying to get a little more critical of it if, I, if I'm able to. And like you said, because... And, I think a little bit of that also has to do with the fact that we know that, at least I know, maybe you agree with me, maybe you don't, but like the team is not that good, right? Like that's, that's, that is at the, at the top end of their performance, you're going to get nights like that. Right. And so that's, that's why I enjoy it in that moment. And then maybe the Minnesota game, when I look at that and then I use that, that critical eye from the Minnesota game to look back at the Vegas game, that's when the problems kind of stand out a bit more to me, if that makes sense. Right. Cause then you go into the Minnesota game and it's, again, it's the same guys. It's still 
Kobe driving the offense, Dowdy leading the offense, and there there was nothing coming from anyone else. There was an, there was nothing coming from anyone else, and there was a bunch of defensive mistakes too. Dowdy yeah, obviously had some too, but those. but I mean that's that's kind of the problem for me is the is the night and day look of the team from one game to the next. Yeah, I understand what you mean. Um, the Minnesota game, obviously, Arvidsson does get on the board. Nice piece of business from him, too, in front of the net. Mm-hmm, Good patience. Mm-hmm. That's just experience, right? A guy who knows how to score goals, who scored a ton of goals in this league, outweights the goalie and just tucks it in on the power play. That's that's what you want to see. The main reason I say all in all positive is because you got to – Minnesota's a good team. You know, uh, we know this. They They should be one of the better teams in the West. So when you – play a good opponent like that. And I consider them a good opponent. I consider Vegas a good opponent too, but I think Minnesota mm-hmm. was kind of more on their game. Yeah. It's going to be tough. It's, it's not going to be as, it's not going to be easy like that first one. I think that was my concern after that first one is like, you know, I hope this doesn't, you know, the high is great, but I hope it doesn't carry over to the next game to the point of like, let's just keep playing free flow and move that puck up. And that this is our style now. This is what we're right. doing now, you know, and I know they're smarter than us and more experienced than us, but a tighter team like Minnesota, man, it's going to, they're going to give you, tr- they're going to give you trouble. Um, and they gave them trouble in the offensive zone. They gave them trouble in the defensive zone. It's, it ends up being a one shot game, but I did feel like Minnesota kind of was pulling away there. And then Kofi kind of got that bounce and the Kings were back in it. Yeah. I mean, especially I think in the, in the second frame when they had the goal that was eventually taken back and then they came back like 30 seconds later and they put one in like it really felt like the kings were on their heels in that in that couple minute span yeah a couple of times things like that happen king score first minnesota scores a minute after right and how right. many times have we seen that bite the I kings mean, in the ass over man. the last few seasons and and to your point the disallowed goal and then boom they get it right back like it never happened, and it's, yeah, it's like, deflating. Both those situations are deflating. Right, and you would think that typically a disallowed goal, especially in that scenario where I felt like Quick did everything he possibly could to make that stop, like that should be a, a, moment, a moment of boost for you. It should take something away from Minnesota, and I felt like it did nothing. I felt like they just came right back, and they're like, okay, time to put one in for real, you know? And I, I, I didn't like a lot of those goals. I didn't like... The um, I think the first one where was it uh, Rask Rask's goal where Kaprizov gave it to Rask. There was a lot I didn't like about that goal. Um, Anderson flubs the puck a couple times, once outside of the zone, and then once again trying to recover it inside the zone. And so Kaprizov takes it in, and then gives a backhand pass to Rask in the slot, and Quick just had somehow I just could not track where that puck was going. He was like a second off in seeing where that puck was going to Rask. Like when you watch the replay, you can see that he kind of hesitates after the puck leaves Kaprizov's stick, almost like he thinks it's going somewhere else than it actually is going. And then by the time he realizes it's going to Rask, he's almost totally to the right side of the post, actually runs into Doughty and does like this weird half kick <laughs> save, glove save thing. One of his like no chance, ever. zero chance of stopping that puck. You know what I mean? But yeah. That that whole sequence just upsets me because that's... A- yeah, it was a comedy of errors. It, it was like a domino effect. No, I agree with you. The one that pissed me off the most was a third goal by Hartman. Yeah. Where, <laughs> where Daddy was looking the yeah, wrong way. Yeah, I mean, 
you know, like Dano is late to the guy, and that's fine. It's kind of a quick play, but <laughs> I have to laugh about it because it just the visual is so ridiculous of Dowdy being put in the spin cycle and just has zero awareness of where the fuck. It's I think all the goals were defensive coverage issues to some degree. So, and then Quickie, bless his heart, like he's trying out there, but he's not. Look, he's not the same guy. Like he's every save these days with him is a bit of a battle. You mm-hmm. know, he he does make the easy ones, but it just seems like he's fighting the puck more, and that's fine. I'm not about to crap on the greatest goaltender in the history of the franchise, but when that happens and you have the sen- uh, defensive breakdowns like that against a good team who's suddenly like offensive minded, right, and dangerous. You- you know you're gonna lose by a shot or two, and that's that's pretty much what happened. Yeah, I'm trying. To, I'm trying to look at the numbers here to see if we where, where the shots weren't. I mean, the shots it was even. were even. Everything was yeah. even. If you look at possession, it was even. Yeah. High danger chances were even. Like it was seriously. It just came down to I think executing and and one team capitalizing on mistakes a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. So it's gonna happen. I'm not too bummed out about it. Would have been nice to go two and zero, but yeah. And, and you know, Nashville presents an opportunity to kind of bounce back and play a better game. I think uh, um, McClellan said it best at, in the press conference afterwards that there was uh, quite a few passengers on the second game. You know, some guys who really I think he's counting on to to bring to bring more to the table. During games like that, talking about. oh god, oh, it's just—it's so frustrating, man. It's so frustrating because we're well-known, devout Gabe Velarde <laughs> fanboys. Yes, and I truly thought that his performance in the preseason was—you know. Here we go. This mm. is the Gabe Velarde we have been waiting for. He's healthy. He's he's gotten a taste of NHL hockey. He knows what to do now. He's taken control of games, and then just nothing. Just I I haven't seen that at all. And there's some theorizing that uh, losing Anderson on that line, Leas Anderson on that line, and and what he brings and the chemistry that they had. I don't know how much I buy that. I feel I buy, like I actually buy it. Do you? Okay. Well, it's because so it's a combination of you know, yes, Anderson not being there, someone he's comfortable with, and the fact that he's playing with two guys who have little to no NHL experience. I think that's hmm. that has something to do with it. And I think all three of those guys are not like Velarde tries, right, to to get in all areas and kind of be everywhere, but I think his speed kind of hurts him in that department and, and Kachev, look, Kachev is going to be a great power play player, but I don't, I don't really see too much, you know, let me go in the corners and dig it out and, and get the proper yeah. spacing yeah, yeah. in the no, zone. Definitely. definitely. And Kaliev too. Kaliev has a lot to learn. Like I think that part of his game is still developing. So I think you got three guys with a lot of offensive upside and that are still putting dimensions to their game. So I, mm-hmm. I'm not shocked. Like, See, I don't like that line. I didn't like that line. Well, they switched it up. I mean, they dropped they dropped the Cali of towards the second or third period, and they put more on there, hoping to get mm-hmm. a little more of that like 
dirty right. work kind of player, you know? Right. So those three had like, man, what was it? Under 10 minutes of ice time easily. It might have been like six. So um, I got to double check that, but I, I'm pretty no, sure. No, already had 12. It's still not great, but I mean, 12 minutes of ice time is, is not great for right. him for sure. Right. I mean, the three of those, that line together. Oh, I see together. I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think they had below 10 for sure. Not excusing it. I think it's a combination of the two things. I do think that has some weight to it. Um, I do think w- when Anderson comes back, he'll get a little bit of a boost because they have played together. And I think they understand what each player does. You, But at the same time, yeah, you're already in your, what is this, third season for Velarde? It's uh, not third I think full. it's just no, his, his second, honestly, because... So he debuted, he, right, he debuted the pandemic right year when when the season right he had just come in when the season got canceled his first full year was last year okay so right he hasn't season, played 82 right, games he's right, played yes. you know 40 second, something. second full season yeah let's put it that way yeah um and it, it, it is getting to be that time for him where you got to be an impact player to some degree he now he's sheltered right behind the he doesn't have to be the right. second line center anymore should be more favorable matchups and it's early it's two games in and hopefully when he gets his Leas back on his wing <laughs> you know it gives him the boost he wants but yeah yeah i sure we want more from him absolutely i think everyone does yeah and, and again i mean everything we're saying right now is with a, a huge grain of salt we're 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 doing an entire episode on on the first two games of the season there's going to be a lot of like <laughs> speculation here it's not nothing's written in stone for sure but i um i'm carrying this more so because of what i saw from him in the preseason right when i saw the types of plays he was making the goals he was scoring the consistency from game to game to game and to not see that and to actually see the effort was not quite the same that was a bit concerning to me and i don't know if that's the whole not having leah's thing i really don't i hope that's not it that's the problem like i feel like he's he's such a talented guy i can respect the idea that like well he's playing with some guys who don't really have nhl experience that much is fair i'll give you that but i wanted to see a bit more effort to control the game from him you know like there was there was a few man he made some bad passes like there was you could tell he was frustrated with himself too like there was one particular sequence, I think, um, he was kind of on the right side half wall, pulled up and was looking to the middle to give a, a pass. To, I want to say it was catch up kind of in the slot. And he just gave like the worst flubbed half pass that just easily got picked up by the defenseman and went the other way. And, you know, it just it wasn't clicking at all, at all for him. So I think that's a it's a big moment for him because the same thing kind of happened last season, right? Like he had a huge 10-15 game slump, was um, just was getting like seven minutes of ice time, that kind of thing. Like, yeah, I just then, I want to see more it, growth from him. But then when it came, it came in bunches again. Yeah, like, yeah, it's it's a ongoing trend. Has anyone else stood out to you? I mean, it's only been kind of two games, but. How, like, what is your early impression of Deneau so far, for example? He, you know, he's one of those guys that you're not, I don't think he's going to jump off the sc- uh, television screen or if mm-hmm. you're in the arena, just jump out at you like, oh, who's that? Who's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But he, he, he's a good player, man. He's a, 
I think in the defensive zone, he's doing his job. His his advanced stats speak for themselves. Like that's kind of what they brought him in for. And I think if he chips in at this rate, which you know isn't crazy, I think he, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. But again, it it comes back to me. It comes back to our question in the beginning: is who's going to score for this team, mm-hmm. and is it going to be the same guys? Right. Like, is it going to be, and that's, that remains to be seen. Like I said, I I appreciate that other players are getting looks and the chances are kind of there, especially in the first game. Uh, But I do worry that, that Kopi, you know, had to put in a number one star of the week performance. Right. Right. For us to win. In the first two games, you know, for us to look the way we look, it's again, way too early. I think Arvidsson will chip in. I think, I believe Dano, you know, has the ability to get 15 goals. It's just a matter of will he do it and will he eclipse that mark? Yeah, I, I think that line of theirs with, with him, Kempe, and I follow, there's uh, – I, I, I don't know if it's on purpose. I don't know if it's just, uh, you know, the types of players that they are, but th- they're a very responsible line. Like they're playing yes. very responsible yeah. hockey, you know. I'm not seeing them take any risks. And some of that is just limited based on their talent too. You know, we know what Kempe is. We know what Ayafalo is. I think they're good complementary wingers, but neither one of them is really going to uh, generate offense or do anything particularly creative. Kempe maybe a little bit with with speed if he's able to find a lane, but, you know, he's not going to dangle. He's not, that's not really his game. Um, and so a lot of times I was, I was watching that line and I was like, they're just going to grind. That, that's just what they're going to do. They're just going to grind and grind and grind and, and see what happens. And maybe they'll get a jam play in or something like that. So, and that's okay. Um, it's kind of, again, I, I don't know if that's what you want from your second line. I think it would make a terrific third line if we actually had like a second line of true offensive capability you know i think i i don't know if deno has that level of offense to him to be that kind of center yeah i don't i don't know that either i really don't um but you're hoping that he his taking care of his own end will open up the other two and that the problem with the other two is that you know, Kempe, we we can go on and on about his inconsistencies and right. sometimes lack of finish. I follow, you know, he he's just solid. Like he's not, you know, he's a solid four checker. He can finish every now and then, but he he's also not the type of guy that you can rely on for twenty goals, thirty goals, something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like your prototypical, you know, four million dollar yeah. a year winger. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect for what he's, he does. he's exactly that. That's yeah. what he's supposed to be. <laughs> exactly. And speak just for Dano, the one thing I think I was most excited for is is that he's not going to have or he's going to take over most of the defensive zone starts mm-hmm. from Kopitar. Not hasn't happened yet. Dano in the <laughs> yeah. in two games he's had two defensive zone starts, right. uh, and Kopi hasn't had many either. Just because the Kings, I think, didn't have many in the Vegas game. To tell you the truth. I, yeah, we'll see. I mean, again, trying to not to make a mountain out of a molehill, but I, I was hoping to see a little bit more of like tough assignments go to Dano 
Right. And I don't know how much of that we've seen in the first two games. Right. So injuries are still a little bit of an issue. I mean, not nothing serious, obviously, but all these like little things that I thought were going to be like, oh, it's a, it's they'll be back by the start of the season. Now it's like Anderson's on IR, uh, and you still on IR, and either one of them are going on the road trip. It sounds like Mata might be coming back, um, which has led to the loss of of Christian Wolan on uh, on yeah. waivers to to Buffalo, yeah, which. I'm, I'm, he I'm got, he got relegated to the Buffalo. Poor guy. <laughs> Poor guy. Poor guy. You got to feel for him. I do. I do. I really do. Kachev. I want to talk a little bit about Vladimir Kachev and yeah, yeah, your yeah, impressions because yeah. I have some thoughts. And obviously, the positives are glaring to me. Like the pass he made to Kopitar on the power play. I think we talked about that for like two days after mm-hmm. <laughs> then we talked about the Kings. Uh, he's dangerous, right? Like you could tell he's a dangerous player in the offensive zone. My concern a little bit is that unless he starts doing some other things, I don't think Todd McClellan's the kind of coach that's going to be like, we need him on the power play. So we can't scratch him. You know what I mean? Especially, especially with FNSU and Anderson coming back and they just, slide also oh perfectly next to Velarde and and or yeah next to Velarde kind of makes me wonder makes me wonder about Vladdy hockey yeah yeah he's he's he, he's a one-trick pony right now it's a good trick and I appreciate that he's willing to try certain things but we we know in the past how that that act can 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 go stale real fast right like a few middling games here and there. Then before you know it, instead of getting 15 minutes, you're getting 13 minutes. You're you're getting 30 seconds of, of power play ice time. Then the healthy scratches start accumulating. Like that's how it is, right? Like in an 82 game season, you're going to have to do more than just be a power play passer, especially on a Todd McClellan coach team where clearly there's still a role for, the Blake Lazots and the Trevor Moores and, and those kind of guys on, on a team, you know? Yeah, and when you're paired with a Velarde who is a gifted playmaker, you gotta there's gotta be something more five on five out of you. I think that's that's the main thing. If you look at just over the last two games, you know, not that that line was outstanding or anything, but he has a uh thirty point five six Corsi four. His expected goals uh, expected goal percentage is 16%, which this, is... This is Velarde or Kachev? This is Kachev. This is Kachev. <laughs> yeah, scoring chances for our 29%. So, like, if you look at just the advanced stats, you're like, ugh. That's, that's right. rough. The five-on-five numbers are not great. Yeah, if he has 12 minutes of ice time and the time on ice on power play is, like, five. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you gotta, you gotta start taking a closer look at him, I think. I... Look, I love a talented guy who is raw offense, but I think the way our coach views the game and and the players he he's gonna put in, I don't think that's gonna cut it. But, so I I hope he's he's getting acclimated and he'll get to where we want him to go because he is such a talent. And it would be a shame to lose him on that power play because Lord knows we need skilled guys on the power play to get the power play going. Yeah it's tough man it's tough and you can't help but wonder like 
I don't know. This is this is my own issues, I think, more than anything else. But like, whenever I watch a player of that ilk, of that talent level, and I start worrying that he's not going to fit in on on the type of team that the Kings want to be, you start getting these like bad thoughts in your head that like, man, if this guy was on Pittsburgh or something like <laughs> they'd find a way they'd make him a 50 point guy you know right uh, it's 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 just my own mental issues i think with how <laughs> i'm used to watching king's hockey yeah no i get what you mean uh any other players that we can kind of put under a microscope here? uh let's uh, arvidson i i i like what i have been seeing from arvidson i he's clearly a shot first kind of guy right like he he is inside the blue line puck on net kind of guy, you know. Um, he plays a very hard-nosed game. He's not afraid to get into the dirty areas. Um, that's where he scores his goals, the, man. That's where he makes his money, certainly. And he's he's getting clipped and hit and, and all those things already. And his his goal, as you saw it, as you said, and you saw like in front of the goal mouth, showing some patience. Solid hockey. I I worry for his health <laughs> significantly <laughs> because of the kind of game that he plays. Um, and I think it's going to take a little getting used to for the other guys on that line as well. Because with all due respect to him, I think they're so used to having a guy like Ayafalo on that line who's going to dig and you know look to set the other ones up. Early results, obviously good. Again, small sample size, but it's it's such a change of pace to the type of guys that I'm used to seeing Kopitar and Brown playing with. You know, he's he's not quite a trigger man. He's not quite a like dig in the corners kind of guy. Um, and so it's going to be interesting to kind of see how that line gels together because clearly that's the line that they're trying to push. This is this is what it's going to be. And we're going to make this work, you know? Yeah. No, I agree. I, you pretty much covered it there. I think he might need a little bit of time himself just to get a little more comfortable. And once he does, I'm excited to see what they can do. Um, Alex Edler, I think, has looked pretty smooth. Like, I haven't seen anything from him yeah. that, that suggests anything to worry about. You know, his his stats advanced stats are great very good actually um he hasn't been a liability he hasn't looked slow to me he's looked just steady experienced so curious to see how that goes too yeah i I think that's what you want from a guy like him right like you want a steady veteran presence you don't want you're not looking for anything flashy um i think they're giving him uh really no power play time he got no shorthanded time as well just but somehow he's still getting 18 minutes doing his thing no glaring errors certainly um and that's great that's exactly what you signed a guy like that for is to feel a bit more comfortable with your second slash third pairing where you need him to eat up some minutes so that your big name guys can get a rest and you don't feel like you got a liability out there um since you brought up the defense Can I ask, you know, I, I still don't fully believe that I know he is an NHL defenseman by virtue of the fact that he's playing NHL games, but 
I don't know if I'm seeing enough yet from from Bjornfoot to feel like mm-hmm. this is a guy we had to get in the roster. Like there was no feasible way that this guy could be playing anywhere else but in the NHL. I, I just I don't understand. Like I get it. He's a first round pick. You're gonna let him play, but. <laughs> It, I I see him make some mistakes every night. I see him, you know, kind of get bodied off the puck here and there. I don't know, man. I don't know. Like I, I I still don't fully comprehend why the Kings felt like they needed to put this guy on an NHL roster this early in his career. Yeah, I uh, I don't have an answer for you other than maybe they felt this was the opportunity sheltered by kind of more veteran presence, Dowdy, Edler, and a couple other guys that this will be key games for him to play. I'm not sure. He's 20 years old, and the old adage is that defensemen take longer. That's kind of right. old. It's almost a cliche in hockey. So I don't have that answer for you other than the fact that his upside is very high and his ceiling is very high. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I agree with you. I don't. Like, am I, am I completely off? Have, have you seen anything from him in, in the last season or this season to make you feel like, oh, yeah, this, this guy, like, without question, needs to be an NHL player right now? Yeah, needs is a tough word. I think he can be, but <laughs> should he be? I don't know. I think that's, more that, that's of, what uh, I mean. Like, to the point where there's no room for him to, to be a better player you know get more experience on the on the ahl level yeah i'm not sure i'm not sure if it's a depth issue with the kings although arguments can be made that other players could have stepped in here um maybe when mata comes back i don't know i don't know maybe that's the that's the answer right there so yeah i no. Just, to to wrap to kind of answer your question directly i haven't seen anything spectacular from him. I also don't think he's a liability. I think, yeah, he's going to make mistakes. He's young, but I don't, yeah. If someone, if someone's pounding their hand on the desk and saying this guy needs to be in the lineup, um, I would like to hear why. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Because I, I subscribe to that, that mentality that the defensemen take more time, that the defensemen can use more seasoning um, at a certain level before they before they make that jump to the NHL. And I don't for example, when Dowdy came when Dowdy started, the Kings were a very, very different team. But even then, you knew that for the type of defenseman that he was, this guy's got it, right? Even Mike Anderson. You can make that same point about Mike Anderson last season. Like he was making smart defensive plays. He was more seasoned. He played um he's I believe he's older than Bjornfa too by a couple of years. Like he couldn't really play in the AHL any further. Perfect time, bring him up. Let's make it happen. I'm just I'm interested to see exactly what there was or what the read was on Bjornfoot to feel like this guy's got a roster spot locked. Because I've never I've never felt that way watching him play. That this guy's got a roster spot locked over even a guy like Wolanin or, or Strand. I mean, I, I'm certainly not the biggest Christian Wolanin fan, but it, I just always found it interesting that, like, that this was the guy that, you know, 
we need to put in the roster over over some other guys who might be a little more older, seasoned, bigger, etc. Yeah, I don't know. I've probably I gone. I, I've gone on much longer than I thought I would. <laughs> but Toby Bjornfoot, I'm just thinking out loud here. I think I think once you look at the Kings D, once Mata is activated, and if they are gonna split some games and some nights, you know, I also know not know, but there's been enough talk about it where I believe that Edler is probably going to get some nights off as well, just to rest him, mm-hmm. just for rest some reasons. Load things. management. Load management, exactly. So there might be like a revolving door of Mata, Bjornfoot, Edler, although I, I suspect Edler would be in more than not, which leaves the other two kind of going in and out. So yeah, I think that's the. I think that's what it's going to come down to. I think that's the answer. I think they want to get him games. And this is all speculation, mm-hmm. um, and I think maybe they believe that he gets. He's been getting better every time he's he's played or he's shown signs of improvement or getting it or he's adapting faster. He's understanding things faster than right than most twenty year olds. Uh, we don't see them in practice every day, right? Like that's a big part of it. Right. Right. That's my guess. I think. If he's showing an aptitude and and that he's steadily getting better, I think there's enough there where they're like, let's just keep keep pushing him because he might be something special in like year three or four. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And I'm just, you know, at some point you have to bring these guys up. I get that. I get that. And I'm glad to see that they're playing Kaliev. I'm glad that they brought Kupari up pretty quickly. Um, obviously, Byfield until his injury was pretty much slotted to get a roster spot. So I'm, I'm happy to see these things. It's, it's not that I'm unhappy to see highly drafted rookies come up and play. I'm just curious, you know, what, what exactly I'm missing. And I'm certainly not an NHL executive, but I ha- I feel like I haven't seen things from Bjornfoot one way or the other to be like, Oh my God, absolutely. NHL or bust for this guy, you know? That's that's just my own. Yeah, no, I get it, and I don't think that. I don't think if I had to guess, I don't think anyone said it's NHL or bust. I just think, given the options, given the injuries, they probably thought this is a good opportunity yeah. for him. That's, that's my fair. best. That's right. my best guess at, at that. That's um, it. We'll go with that. We'll go with that. But I'm watching you, Toby. I'm watching you close. <laughs> Man, watch out, dude! You are you are harsh. You are, first two games. <laughs> this guy's coming in all somber. I, you're I kid. I kid. You're talking about mistakes. I got I got kids sleeping in the other room, man. I can't be yelling and screaming, or else I would. Trust me, I would. Pounding your fist on the table that Bjornfoot should not be in the NHL. <laughs> get mad. Uh, have you have you been able to watch any other games, any other teams so far? Some interesting results, kind of the start of the season, obviously. I have, yeah. Um, I'm trying to, like, obviously Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. and actually not just Tampa Bay. Have you noticed, Vardy, that the teams that have played the most games through the bubble, through this last season, have started out somewhat slow out of the gate? The Islanders, who have played a crap ton of hockey, the Knights, mm-hmm. the Lightning, all have kind of been sleepy to start the season mm-hmm. and i'm not i'm not completely surprised because if you, if you stack those games up and the amount of time they had to rest in between it's not a whole lot yeah and and they're kind of i think they're kind of limping 
a little bit right now. So just, just an observation on my part, even Colorado, even though they've had injuries, I mean, they've, you know, they haven't been the same Colorado. Yeah. They are, I mean, they are missing two of the best players in the league. So I was going to say, is it McKinnon on COVID protocol or he is and Landis Cox suspended because he, oh, he is? had a very stupid hit on Kirby doc. One of the dumbest hits oh, you'll ever see. Interesting. I missed that. Doc missed was that. sliding on one knee and Landis Cox still just lined him up and drove oh, him into the boards. That's just dumb. There's been a lot of that, man. Two games in three games in, I've already seen like a bunch of like, Oh, that's stupid suspension. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like head hits. We had a headbutt tonight. We did. <laughs> God. Bushnevich scored a goal and then headbutted someone. And that was, <laughs> we'll call that the Bushnevich hat trick. If you, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, who else? Like, I'm kind of surprised Anaheim's doing so well. Yeah, I was going to bring them up. Like, they, they are – I don't know how much is the, uh, the, young, the young ducks effect, if you it's will. It's not. They're getting dominated, dude. I'm telling <laughs> – dude, they're – if if you look at like their expected goals for and it's just horrible. Gibson and and so is Stolarz, Gibson keeping a minute again. Well, Gibson got hurt in game one, but he was mm-hmm. outstanding. Then Stolarz comes in, he was outstanding, like stood on his head for the win. And then tonight, Gibson was in net. He's back, and they beat the Flames in overtime. Flames, you know what I think about the Flames? I I think they're frauds. <laughs> so that's not a big shocker, but I mean. <laughs> Who did Anaheim beat someone significant? Winnipeg. They beat them 4-1 to start the season. That's right. There you go. Um, Jets haven't looked good. They look like shit. They lost <laughs> to Anaheim and San Jose. That's yeah. A, that's a bad start. Uh, Toronto looks like they don't care. <laughs> I will say Montreal, Montreal predictably bad. Yeah. 0-3 <laughs> with a minus 7 goal differential. Three goals in three games total. <laughs> 10 against woof woof yeah it's not good times for montreal chicago <laughs> all the man all, all the great things i said about chicago and they've just just haven't been there they have not been there um yeah the, the seth jones range is, yeah. is yeah the seth jones range rage is uh is palpable on the Twitter sphere right now. I mean, it's just just brutal stuff. Arizona, predictably bad. Arizona, Arizona is got... so awesome. They're going to be so great. They are Dude. getting pounded. They were up 2-1 to one on St. Louis today in the in the second period. St. Louis scored five unanswered goals. In like, it, it just happened. And it was and so I saw easy. those goals, too. They were like... They made it look easy, dude. Dude, Jordan Cairo put on a little bit of a show there. Like, oh, yeah, four today, four points. That that one pull and drag on on Costasphere. <laughs> yeah. Good lord, good lord. And the most like check- you could you could almost hear the slide whistle sound effect as Costasphere <laughs> just kind of went by him. The most checked out player in the league is hands down Phil Kessel. Like <laughs> today on the power play, like they're breaking out, and he is, you know, you could glide. And have mm-hmm. good body language. He was gliding like his shoulders back, his head like half in there. He's just like, I'm ready to go when my contract is up. I'm gone. I'm gone. Uh, just give me my pool floaty and I'll I'll lay down on it and go down this lazy river here. <laughs> what do you think about Seattle? I think that's probably a team. Yeah, that's a good about. that's a good topic. Um, 
mixed returns so far, very, very mixed returns. And again, I think, you know, you called it a little bit and again, it is early, but I think you said it best that people were afraid of not of saying that they were going to be bad because of what happened with Vegas, like, yeah. And, and the underlying numbers and the individual performances and everything in a, on, on paper should click right on paper. This is how it should go. But in reality, it's never that easy. Um, you know, I, I've watched some of the highlights. I've watched some of the stuff here and there. It's, it seems very much like a work in progress. They don't have that street out of the gate, like humming nature that, that Vegas did. Right. And, and it's hard to capture that. It's very hard to capture that, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think they'll be in games for the most part, even though Philadelphia absolutely ran them out of the building. Dude. So it was, it was, yeah. But if you Again, look like you want to talk about goals, like those Philly goals were yeah. just nasty. Right. But the previous three games were one goal games, one of which they won against Nashville. Uh, they, in overtime, right? Or was that? Uh, no, the overtime loss was to Blue Jackets. They beat the Predators in regulation. Got it. Sorry. The Vegas game, they were down 3 nothing, and they mm -hmm. came back to tie. Early, early, yeah. Yeah, so the, a lot of resolve shown there um, by them. But I, I think they'll, you know, they'll be in games, but I think for the most part, it might not go so great <laughs> for them. Uh, that, that's really all I got. They're they're a scrappy bunch. You know what I mean? Like that's the best thing I could say about them. They got some stuff going, but they just don't have the depth and they don't have the high end offense. I think to mm -hmm. to really have long term success. But yeah, is Yanni Gord their first line games, center? I'm trying I to figure he out. Is. Yeah, because he's with or actually Jaden Schwartz, I think. Uh there you go. But again, even still, I mean, in an ideal scenario, Jaden Schwartz would be a, a second line center. You know, right, like that's, right. that's not a Yanni Gord too. So that's what I mean. Like, I think they've got a bunch of good like second, third line players, and you know, you're you're looking to you're looking to capture lightning in a bottle again. It's just not going to happen, or at least not that easily. Right. Uh, most surprising team, Pittsburgh. Hanging on despite the injuries. Two zero and one, not just hanging on. They spanked Chicago. They, well, that's not an accomplishment, as we as we talked. I'm about. really stunned at how out of sorts Chicago is. Honestly, mm -hmm. maybe because I predicted them to be good, but they also went into Tampa and just shit stomped Tampa two six to two on banner night. It's just it's a weird start. I feel like league wide, it's it's a bit of a weird start. You know. And maybe it's exactly what you mentioned that you're coming out of the bubble season. You're coming out of a, a rushed quick off season. Um, there's still some uncertainty teams are missing guys because of COVID injuries, et cetera. I'm sure it'll settle down a little bit, but it is always interesting to kind of see how this goes because it, it, you know, every game matters. And this has happened to the Kings several times where, how they play in the beginning of the season ends up hurting them 
towards the middle and end of the season. That's ex- that's exactly what happened to the Rangers last season is that yeah. they, they started off so slow and so terribly that by the time they got their shit together, it was too late. They, they, they ran out of runway to be able to capitalize on, oh, oh we finally got this. We got, we got it figured out. And I'm looking around the league right now, and it's a lot of that. It's a lot of just like, uh, maybe we're doing okay. Maybe we're not, you know. Florida looks great. Yep. Edmonton doing well so far. I think the one thing that is really interesting to me is that the Pacific still looks like a total crapshoot. Even more it, so it, with Vegas starting out slow. Exactly. Exactly. Like it looks like a complete crapshoot. Like you can't look at any of these teams, look at their underlying numbers, look at the goals that are being scored one way or the other and be like, oh, oh, this is an impressive team. Right? Like, Edmonton's 2-0, but they've got the two most talented guys in the division. Probably two of the top four or five talents in the in the league, yeah. you would say. They finished Easily, right? They were one and two in scoring like two seasons yeah. ago. So there you go. So there you go. So it is interesting. It is interesting and it is fun to kind of watch this because um, – it's going to take a while before I really know what the true identities of some of these teams are. Absolutely. Like, I think we know who Tampa is, but it's just a matter of like, when will they decide? Okay. Cause Kucherov's injured again. I know. And it sounds term. like it's bad. It sounds like yeah. it's bad. So they're it's like a groin exactly or a hip or hernia. Or, exactly. Yeah, where exactly. They, <laughs> they got them right where they want it. Man, I, I saw some hilarious stuff that like, okay, now the Kucherov is probably going to go on LTIR. Does Tampa make a move for Jack Eichel? <laughs> like, uh, it'd be so funny. I would love it. <laughs> it would be hilarious. Just put them both on LTIR and then bring them yeah. out <laughs> playoff and- time. And I think a lot of these teams, by the way, that are starting out hot that we expected to do poorly, I think they'll come back down to earth. I don't think Buffalo, who's 2-0, and is, you know, at some point they're going to regress to where they need to be. I think yeah. the first week is always kind of wild. Uh, you know, I don't think Ottawa's 2-1. and I think they'll settle nicely into somewhere in the middle of that division, probably outside mm-hmm. the top four. And I think, yeah, Tampa's 2-1, and and we're talking about how they're they look slow and they're struggling, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. I, I don't, nothing else has really stood out to me. Ovi patching, uh, passing Marcel hey, Dion that was on, nice. the, on the goal scoring list. Yeah. Right out of the gate. Ovi's like, this is going to be just like every other season. Yep. Where everyone's like, is this the season he slows down where he's in pursuit of a record? No, it's going to be more of the same. Nope, and I and I'm here for it. I love every moment of that. That's what if that's what it needs. To I'm so, yeah, it does. At this point, I can understand if, like, early on, if you were like a Pittsburgh fan or something, and there was that rivalry between him and Crosby and Washington and Pittsburgh, that oh, you decided that you're not going to like Alexander Ovechkin. I can understand that. At this point in his career. If you don't like Alexander Ovechkin, there is something wrong with you Agreed. because he is an amazing ambassador for the game. He is a super nice guy by all indications who, how old is he now? 34, something like that. 
32, 30. He's up he's there. He's older. Yeah, he's older than that. He might be 36. He's 36. Yeah, there you he's go. 36 years old. He still acts like he's 18, scoring his first goal every single time. You have to love a guy like that. You have and, to. And it's, it will be so great for the game if he gets to 800 goals, which I think at this point is, is a slam dunk, not to jinx him. But if he is in any way pursuing Gretzky's record in a couple of years, like you got to be all in. That's good for the game. Like, yeah, you're talking about a guy in Gretzky whose records are borderline unbreakable. And for someone to have a chance at one of them, you better fucking put it on every hockey so, station, TNT, all of them. Just do a tracker. It should be the banner of NHL.com. Yeah. So what does Wayne have? 894? Eight ninety four. So Ovi's at 733. Yes. That's, okay. that's a lot of goals. That's a lot of goals. That's a lot of goals. So he's 161 yes. goals away at age 36. So yes. you're hoping you, for four 40 goal seasons. A 50 spot this season would help a lot. It would. And he's on pace. Even, dude, even, <laughs> even, if he's, even if he makes it to 800, that is such a tremendous thing. If he gets 50 this year, I mean... 800 is a lock. Yeah. yeah. So that's why the that's why the 894 is doable, man. If you think about it, unless he's if he gets 40 this year and you said what, four 40 goal seasons? Mm-hmm. It's I think that's possible and that he's he doesn't have to retire after four seasons. That's Even true. If he doesn't that's get 40 true. goals in four straight, chips away here and there. Yeah. Well into his Mid-40s. It's amazing. It's 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 amazing how many games he's lost to just things that are completely out of his control. That's that's huge, man. Otherwise, we'd be talking about the chase would be on now. Yeah, because I he mean, lost had, his rookie season. He lost right. he, he, the whole rookie season. He lost some time right. in the second lockout, right. which is after the Kings Cup. Right. So forty-eight games in the second lockout. He. He had forty-eight and sixty. He had forty-eight goals in sixty-eight games at the end of nineteen twenty, which probably what did he lose? I think he was hurt a little bit there, and so he probably didn't lose that many regular season games. But then the bubble season, yeah, only forty-five games. Like, yeah. it's it's sad because otherwise he's got seven hundred thirty-three. Well, yeah, he's so for That's example, like he's got. Goals. He would have been. So at, he's, 832 right now. So yeah, he's scoring at a 0.61 clip. And if you add another full 80 games, which is basically what he's missed, actually 160 if you consider the rookie season that he would that's have. That's what I'm talking about, yeah. Okay, so he let's have, say he had 100... 50 in his rookie year. Yeah, so that's like 95 goals. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. <sighs> right now we would be talking about when is he going to break the record and it would have been amazing. But I hope he still does it. 100 goals is nothing for him, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> he, could, he could make that up, no problem. He's, he's, you know, like, I think we've talked about this maybe once or twice. We haven't really delved into it. That'd be a fun question. Maybe we'll save it for a list episode. But you used to have a lot of jerseys. You used to have a lot of player jerseys of a lot of different players. Yeah. Retired, active, etc. Um, He would be one of those guys that I think... Any any NHL fan, like you would be totally justified in owning a oh, no yeah. jersey. He's 
it's tough for me to say this. He's probably the greatest goal scorer of all time. I think he he when it's over, he will be recognized as the greatest goal scorer of all time, record or not. I'm yeah. talking about a guy who's just built to score goals. Yeah, and, yeah, we've talked about that too. Like it was. Yeah. It's respecting very, respectfully to Wayne, like I've that's never what considered I'm Wayne. Like he's not. Yeah, that, but that's what makes him so inhuman is that he wasn't a goal scorer, and you know, right. almost nine hundred. So right, like Bossy and Lemieux were were way more. Bossy you know, was was a straight sniper, a yeah. very like, this is what I do, and you can't mm-hmm. stop me type of player. I think Olvi is is that. I think he's. And also the entertainment value, I think, makes him the greatest goal scorer of all time. Because all his right. goals played in an era where scoring is hard. So it seems like most of his goals are just highlight reel. With even the one-timers, I mean. Just it's a highlight reel goal. Yeah. And he's just a special player. He's built differently. Like he he was hurt in the preseason. Everyone was like holding their breath. Russian machine don't break, baby. He's back. <laughs> he was like, no. How many games has this guy missed due to injury? You could probably count him on both. Barely any, barely any. Look, I'm looking at all of his. I'm looking at all the seasons. It's 81, 82, 82, 79, 72, 79, 78, 48 in lockout season, 78, 81. I mean, he's a machine. Yeah, maybe the most that he missed was in 1920 when he played 68 games, and I think he had a shoulder injury or something like that. So he's he's probably missed under 20 games total. Yeah, he's hard to injure he's he's he'll play unless it's really serious so that's why i think he has a shot at the record i i, I it just i don't see him father time's going to catch up to him but the question is when yeah so if yager can go till what was he 55 <laughs> yeah always just he, he transcends man he transcends he does. I think special. he does. I think even Sid, man, I think I think if you're just a hockey fan in general, it'd be fine. Totally acceptable to own a Sidney Crosby jersey. I think McDavid's on that level. You know, these guys that you're just like, okay, anyone should understand why I have this jersey without question. That kind of thing. I've said that when his career is over, Crosby's going to be in the top five all time. To ever play i mm. i just think with him he's lost so much time due to injury that yeah. the numbers will never do him justice unfortunately right. right but but in terms of just watching the game and how talented and smart and impactful he is i think he's top five all time and i think old yeah. is maybe just outside just because of the completeness of crosby's game and I'll, I'll, I'll look. I love Ovi, but I'll always like Crosby. It's, it's that that it's, that depends on the lens that you want to look at that through. You know what I mean? Like it just. But I, I they're they're two sides of the same coin to me. Like they're very, and, and it's so unique. Their career trajectories, the fact that they came in in the league at the same time. It's it's such a such a such a beautiful kind of thing, right? Yeah, it's and, it's been uh, and I'm saying it's been like it's over because it's almost over, but. That right. era is almost over. But it's so funny throughout that entire thing that Gino was like third fiddle. <laughs> yeah. <know>? Like <laughs> I think he was comfortable there. It's like this is fine. Yeah. You, you guys you guys do your thing. I'm just gonna get ninety points here and there. Yeah. 
Um, speaking of Gretzky, what did you, did you catch any of the TNT? Brief, brief things, man. You know, it's funny. I've been, and maybe this is me. I'm not fully understanding TV telecasts and stuff, but I seem to remember that when the NBA season was on, I couldn't flip the channel to TNT or TBS and not have an NBA game on. I felt like every night, no matter what I did, it was like, oh, the NBA is on TNT again. Here we go. And I've tried several nights now to be like, okay, I'm going to look on TNT or I'm going to look on TBS or USA or whatever network that they have it on and see if there's NHL hockey on my TV. And I haven't found it. I just, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if I'm just happen to be looking at the wrong days or whatever, but well, certainly maybe none of the games are on TNT tonight. That's for sure. Yeah. I'm not sure which night of the week I, I want to say. Yeah, like maybe there's a, maybe there's like a hockey night, you know, yeah, like I'm Wednesday, supposed to be aware of. Philly and Philly and Boston is going to be on TNT at 4:30 Pacific, and then the night game is St. Louis Vegas that'll be on TNT as well. Yeah. So I think even the NBA has ESPN. TNT or even split. that, like I haven't. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, I I agree. I think NBA will have more telecasts on those networks. Right. Right. The NHL will, but the panel man on the opening night for TNT was great. I'm using the word great <laughs> entertaining to talk about Wayne Gretzky, Rick Tockett, Anson Carter, and 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 the the guy who stirs the drink, baby, Paul Bissonnette on that panel. See, that's 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 the key. That he was the key. Hundred percent. He, he stole the, the show. He is. Because if you have if you have those other guys there the conversation gets very boring very fast, in my opinion. You need a guy like Bissonnette to to get things going. And I think Rogers Sportsnet kind of discovered that with BXA last season. Yeah. You need a wild card. You need a guy. He's not going to say anything crazy. He's done enough of this now. Like Biz is, is well-versed at this point in the, you know, the the presentation and the media aspect of hockey. So right. he's not he's not going to come out and say some like outlandish things, but he's going to say just enough to get Gretzky and talk it to kind of like break from character or slip out of their like little comfort zone yeah. of, of yeah. dad mode, you know? And, and, and he was successful and it really felt like it started off kind of stiff, but a, as it went on, it really felt like a bunch of guys at a bar talking hockey, mm, which is, mm -hmm. I think that's what you need. I think that's what that's the, the NBA vibe. That's what 100%. the NBA is. Um, and I think it was getting there. Like they were chirping, like Anson Carter had a couple of chirps at Gretzky for wearing a sweater vest. And I was like, yes, <laughs> like this is who would do that. Everyone treats him like God, which I get, believe me, I, yeah. I've been there. <laughs> but um, the fact that they were having this banter back and forth and kind of poke, willing to poke a little bit of harmless fun at Wayne Gretzky is a great start. Right. And then he laughs and he gives it back. And that's now you're getting there. So I'm excited to see as they get comfortable with one another, where they go. And I think Bissonette has to be there all the time. Yeah. Um, I think Rick Talkie was a little stiff. I think Anson Carter tries, but he, he doesn't, he's on this one level of audio. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? Like yeah. even his chirps just sound like 
the same. Yeah, he, as he sounds like I, he sounds like I do right now with a kid sleeping in the other room. Yeah, whereas whereas Bissonette was just like chewing the scenery, man. It was great, and and I think Liam McHugh did a great job of like, you know, I compare him to Ernie Johnson, which probably isn't fair, mm-hmm. but he did a good job of like wrangling everyone. And, but that and is his role. Like he is the Ernie role, Johnson yeah. of that panel. He is, and I think he's doing a good job. And I think it was just one. The only one I saw was opening night, and I thought this is a great start. Like if mm-hmm. you can improve on this, and then Charles Barkley came on set and nice. took and took five shots from Gretzky. <laughs> he's wearing he's wearing a blocker and a catcher's glove, and he's just standing there. And Gretzky took five shots at him, scored four out of five, and that was fun. Like that was fun. Like I think Gretzky made a joke, like you know, if this counted, I would have had nine hundred. So I don't know. <laughs> and then Anson Carter said. Why doesn't why doesn't Barkley shoot on you? You already have the chest protector on. <laughs> Talking about his sweater vest, so like, like think like good. Let's let's more. Yeah, grow yeah. Because Anson like, Carter, Anson Carter was on the the NHL and NBC panels, and those panels just felt so stiff. Like it was just always it was always just like we're going to talk about the game and nothing but the game. And the only time that it wasn't stiff was when was when um milbury and jones well no like the only time it wasn't stiff i always felt like jones and milbury were about to get into arguments you know what i mean it it didn't seem good natured it seemed like contentious in a lot of ways and that doesn't make for necessarily good tv it just feels like this is awkward more than anything else you know yeah yeah milbury can do that yeah (laughs) jr2 actually these days yeah Um, yeah exactly but I think good start NHL on TNT. Keep it going, loosen Wayne up. Do not get rid of Paul Bissonnette. He should be a permanent fixture on that damn show. Like, period. Just keep him there. And and if there's a rotating door for other guys, like you need more personalities, like Paul Bissonnette. Like I think Ryan Whitney and Paul Bissonnette, if you put them in a room together, just their right. comfort level with each other, like that could be fun. And you right. you throw in a Wayne Gretzky with that those two animals that's that's what i mean like you i i like when they diversify the panel a little bit and so you know i i, I tweeted i'll take full responsibility like i tweeted that initially when they announced that it was wayne and talkit and messier and chelios all on this panel together i was like dear lord well this actually is they're competing a... messier that's is right. on espn yeah with right 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 yeah. right but my point was that like it just it felt like such a snooze fest because to me, all these guys talk it maybe not, but like they're all from the same era and they're all close to the same level, right? Like Messier and Chelios and Gretzky are these upper echelon players. And I've always found that the panels are funny when you have some guys who weren't necessarily on oh, that yeah, level man. you should have heard how many jokes business cracked about him basically being a scrub like sitting next yeah. to wayne gretzky but that's because that's what the hockey teams yeah. are, that's what the locker rooms are like right like if you've ever been in that locker room for this or any other sport you realize the best part is that it's not a bunch of superstars it's a bunch of dudes and like everyone gets it equally every like you're not safe just because you're a good player in the locker room like you will get shit from everyone else and that's that's what's fun about panels and so to, in my mind when i was like oh god they're gonna put kresge with talk it and they're gonna put messier and chelios it just seemed like the most boring collection of human beings 
But then when you inject a guy like Bissonette yeah. into that conversation, that's when you get that locker room atmosphere a little bit and you can have more fun with it, you know? Agreed. And, and, and again, we're talking about a way more experienced group of people here with ESPN and TNT kind of running the show a bit. TNT um, especially, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I definitely want to watch some games. And I guess this is a credit to them. Like, I want to watch games on the ESPN or the TNT telecast specifically so I can see the panel, right? Yeah, that, I yeah. think that's what they've that's what they've achieved with the NBA broadcast is that you're not just watching to watch the game. Like, you'll stick around and watch the halftime panel. You'll stick around and watch the post game because these guys have made that entertainment value as it is. And... I've never once felt that way about the NHL broadcast. Like as soon as the game's over and it goes to Liam McHugh, I'm like, okay, and I'm done. You know? Yeah. yeah. The last time I felt compelled like that to watch a post game or any kind of panel was NHL tonight on ESPN mm-hmm. when it was just Butcher Gross and Melrose. And they had, they have a chemistry. I'm sure they still have it to this right. day, but that was like the last time I was like, I have to watch ESPN tonight before I go to bed tonight. because. Right. Right. I know it's going to be a good show. I know it's going to be entertaining. It's going to be funny. That's really the last time. And that was your, what is yeah. that? They got rid of it before the ESPN deal was even up. So you're talking about late nineties. Yeah. Probably the last time that show aired. So that's, I think that vibe was there on TNT. And like you said, these, these networks already know how to do this the right way. And TNT showed it right out of the gate. Like, this is how you do right. this the right way. Even with what we have, even if you think what we have is limited, we can st- we know how to do this we right bring in charles barkley it was hilarious right like i hope they bring him in more because he knows enough where he's not he doesn't yeah, sound he's, like a he's complete said it outsider. before you know he yeah. said it before that like he's he enjoys watching hockey like he he appreciates it for what it is and what i mean is he could talk about it yeah enough where you're like oh like you could you could talk hockey. You're not just watching yeah. it and saying, I don't know this guy's name. I don't know. I just like the game. He knows more than that. He knows the players. Mm-hmm. He understands a couple of things about the game where if you put him on that panel as a guest at some point, he'll hang and it'll be great. Right. Right. Well, it is. It, it's just nice to have all that back. It's nice to have it back and nice to have like some potential new experiences there you know like it makes you want to watch games that aren't just necessarily king's games for more than just okay highlights here's a game for me to watch i i i want that experience i want that entire like end-to-end pre-game show post-game show you know intermission thing make draw every ounce of entertainment out of this game agreed man i think yeah I think we got it. I think so too. Let's see now. Johnny Brodzinski. And good night. Is he the only one? I think so. <laughs> There's got to be. Because I remember, I, I I need to confirm. No, no, I, I think he was because the last time we were doing this, uh, he was the only one. Because I knew seventy-seven had a bunch of numbers, but correct, it is Johnny Brodzinski and wow, only I, Johnny Brodzinski. I really thought there would be more. Remember, he was he was the other guy who was gonna make it. He was he was the guy. Uh, yes. Don't sleep on Johnny Brzezinski. <laughs> Don't you do it. The former Matt Luff. That's right. He was Matt Luff before Matt Luff. Before was there was Matt, Matt Luff. Luff. 
you do a list of guys that were supposed to make it. Michael Oof. Murph. <laughs> Michael Paula Murph. Paula Yeah. And then, um, shoot, who's the kid that we, who's the kid that we drafted? Like, he played on the Oceanic with, uh, with Crosby and then got redrafted and we took him in the second round. Damn it. I can't remember his name now. Oh my God. Hold on. That's going to kill me if I don't look this up right now. Someone who's listening to this and screaming his name. I'm, I'm sure of it. Hold on. Hold on. Holding. Didn't get it. I will Hold wait on. for this because we got Johnny Brozinski in half a second. <laughs> Danny Rusin. Ah, yes. Great poll party. I'm sure our listenership just went up tenfold. That's right. Hold on a sec. Yes. Danny Rusin. That's right. He was the he was the one man. He was another one. Does this trace right. back to Pavel Rosa? I think. Oh. <laughs> Where does it, start? it has. It almost starts with Pavel Rosa, doesn't it? Like. <laughs> yeah. I think so. I think uh, that's right. The next one's Aki Bird. Maybe I don't know. We'll figure it out. Maybe that's a list. Yeah. Maybe that's a list episode. Just save that one. Put it away. Oscar Moeller. I don't think he was ever tapped to be anything. Dude, he was a he was a second round pick. He had a great rookie season and then faded into obscurity. Yeah, but I you know there's a difference between Oscar Moeller and you don't know what you're gonna get versus some of these other guys that were just like, watch out, this guy, fifty gold potential. <laughs> Konstantin Pushkarev. <laughs> How about that one? Is that good? Does that work? I, I remember someone, and I don't remember who, being very upset that we traded Konstantin Pushkarev. <laughs> It was probably me. <laughs> Yannick LaHoo. There you go. Come on, baby. Oh, man. Jared Allen? Because right. we were all in on Jared Allen. Pulling some names here. Ugh. All right. Well, that was fun. 76. That was good. That's amazing. I can't believe we, we drew this many minutes out of two games, but this is the type of talent we have. <laughs> this is what happens when you love talking about the rest of the league. Yeah. I feel like we could do a whole other podcast about the rest of the NHL. Uh, we barely do this one. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's try. All right. <laughs> let's leave right. on high note. <laughs> well, on that note. Um, uh... See you in a month. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. We're back, baby. Uh, subscribe, comment, review, rate. Um, we're pretty much everywhere you can find a podcast these days. Uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, Podbean. Um, what else am I missing? Stitcher. Uh, are we on iHeartRadio? I can't remember. If we're, on, if we're not, we will be, damn it. We're on Spotify, which was there a you go. We're on Spotify. earth-shattering that was, announcement. That's right. That was requested, and we, and we got that done Shockwaves. in no time sent through the king's <laughs> podcast world on that one so keep listening guys thank you for the twitter engagement as always um and we'll be back in roughly two weeks or so you've been listening to the bannerman an la king's podcast 